Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Still teaching on Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Let's see what else God wants to do through this teaching. Matthew 28, verses 18 through verse 20. God is such a good God. And the word of God reads. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. You may be seated. I want to teach again on where are my disciples? Where are my disciples? We have learned uh, so far that a disciple is a learner and a follower of Jesus Christ. And when you're a learner and follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to do what Jesus does. Amen? So in this, Jesus was given authority. That power means he was giving them the authority. He was giving them the right to go out and represent him. So he said, I want you to go therefore and teach. That teach is disciples. He said, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. He said, I want you to make learners, learners and followers of me. He didn't say go and make converts. Remember, a convert is just a Christian who has gotten born again, but they stop right there. It's more to be being born again than just saying I'm saved. Some people say I'm saved. They say I'm missing hell, but their lifestyle is not representing who they say they are. I don't know about you, but I want to represent Jesus well. And sometimes we do have some things in our lives that we have to get rid of. Sometimes we do fall. But when we recognize who we are now that we're in him, we get back up. We don't stay down. And this is why you have to be taught. And this is what Jesus did with his disciples. He began to teach them. They had to learn from him. They had to follow him. He was the leader. They were the followers. So everything that Jesus did, they watched what he did. They watched his attitude. They watched the signs, the wonders, the miracles. They watched everything that he did because they were learners. In school, when you start out with um, preschool on up to um, high school on up to you graduate, you have teachers that begin to teach you different things from preschool on up. But what we have to understand is in a home, it starts at home. 
You can send your children out, but you need to start teaching them even from home so when they go into the school, they're ready and they're prepared for what the teacher is going to begin to teach them. And then as the teacher give them what need to be given, then they take it home and you go over it with your children. You're doing it together. So they're taught well until they graduate, right, from high school. So these disciples, they were with Jesus for a long time. So what Jesus did, first of all, Jesus had to be raised up by his father. Jesus could not teach somebody something that he did not know himself. And some people say, come on now, Jesus was God's son. He was God himself. What did he need to get that he didn't already have? Remember, Jesus stripped himself. He came down as a mere man. So he had to learn just as we're learning now. He spent time with the father to learn from the father. He also went into the temple being taught by them and asking them questions and they were astounded at his answers so we know that jesus got lost from his parents and as he got lost and they found him he said you should have known where i was he said i was about my father's business meaning i was in my father's house that you should have known where i was because jesus was different so he wanted to learn um, things concerning heavens, concerning the kingdom of God. And Jesus was taught well from his father. So when it was time for Jesus to go and teach the kingdom, Jesus had to be prepared to do so as a mere man. So what did he have to be, how did he get prepared? By being baptized. By him going up under that water, he was recognizing the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That was water baptism. That's symbolize his death burial and resurrection meaning that you you are having faith in jesus so when you go up under that water after you're born again you say i'm recognizing what jesus done for me when he died i died with him when jesus was on that cross everybody was in him already even before you were born he took you to the cross with him so when you begin to accept him as your lord and savior you only accept him what jesus already done on your behalf this is why you need to be taught concerning the things of god concerning the things of the kingdom concerning jesus and what he did some of us get saved to, just to miss hell we get saved because somebody scare you into getting saved say if you don't get saved you're going to hell and you're going to burn forever and even the maggots and the worms they don't die in hell and that's what they tell you and some people get so fearful they run to the altar they get saved but they end up backsliding because they haven't really been taught concerning the things of God concerning the things of the kingdom you don't just get saved to miss hell that is one reason but you're getting saved because you're getting eternal life a life that never ends even when your life ends on this earth your it don't end it's still existing. So we see that Jesus, once he got baptized up under the water, then he got um, the spirit of the Lord come upon him. That was the power of God that came upon him to do the work that God was sending him to do. Without the power of God coming upon Jesus, Jesus could not begin his earthly ministry. We have some people thinking that once they get saved, they can go out and do this, they can go out and do that. But you cannot do it without the power of God coming upon you.
you. So after the power of God came upon Jesus, the Bible said he was led in the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. He was full of the Spirit of God. The wilderness was a place that was uninhabited. It was nothing there. Jesus went there to be alone with God. But while he was alone with God through fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was tempted. He was tested by the devil. And as the devil tempted him, he was tempting him at his weakest point. And the first thing he said, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Look at how Jesus knew the word and he was not going to allow the enemy to take from him what belonged to him. He was not going to allow the enemy to take life from him because see the word gives you life. The word quickens you. The word makes you alive. God is about life. He's not, he's not about death. So Jesus knew what the word was saying. When you know the truth, when you truly know the truth, that's what makes you free. The truth is what makes you free. So Jesus spoke truth and each time the enemy tempted him, he brought back, it is written because he knew what was written. He was standing on what is written. So I want to ask you today, do we really as the people of God stand on what is written? Do we really stand on what the word of God is saying or do we stray away from the word and try to get a quick fix? I'm here to tell you that quick fix does not last. You keep getting fix after fix after fix and you're finding out it's not working. But when you go into the word of God, the word of God is going to endure. It's going to last forever. Because the word of God is not a corruptible seed. It's an incorruptible seed which lives and abides forever. The word of God does not die. The word of God lives forever because the Bible said heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall remain. That's the only thing that's going to be standing. When everything changed, the word will not change on you. I don't care how attitudes change. I don't care how your job situation change, your family change, your children change, your pets change. The word will never change because God said, I am the same today, yesterday, the same today, yesterday, and forever. I change not. So God is never going to change on you, no matter how you mess up. God said, I cannot change what I have written. He cannot change it. So who, who would not want to trust in the word of God, the word of truth? And that's what Jesus trusted in. And then after Jesus was tempted, the Bible said that the enemy left him for another opportune time or another season. Then one um, version of the Bible says that they left him and the angels came and ministered unto him. Then we look when Jesus started, this is when his ministry started. His ministry did not start before he was equipped. We got too many people out here starting ministries, but not equipped. And this is why they do not last. And this is why we have to be equipped in order to be a disciple, in order to go out and do the work God has called us to do. So when Jesus went out and he began to say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near you. Jesus was saying, have a change of heart, turn from sin and turn to God. But in order for them to have that change of heart, the kingdom had to be preached. 
the kingdom had to be proclaimed. And that's what Jesus was proclaiming. And upon proclaiming the ways of God, these gentlemen, these fishermen tapped in to what Jesus was preaching. And Jesus was telling them to follow me and I will make you disciples of men. Then you will be able to become fishermen of men. So they did. They left everything and they began to follow Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, some of us say that we love him. Some of us say that we're for him. But when there's certain things that are asked of us, we back away from him. When your heart is truly turned towards him and him alone, you don't put no one or nothing above him. No one or nothing above him. They left their father. They left their jobs and they followed Jesus. Now all of us, maybe we cannot leave our job permanently and follow him, but we can not put the job above him. Because when you leave a job, you can say, I'm not going to let this job be above God. He's going to be first over this job. So that could be part of leaving that job, not carrying that job. So we see that they left. And then after they left, Jesus was teaching them many things. And if you go in the book of Matthew, he went over the Beatitudes. He went over marriage. He went over divorce. He went over forgiveness. Jesus went over everything with them to show them how to live in the kingdom of God. And some of these things are not taught in churches. Some churches are not teaching people how to make disciples. They're making converts. They're bringing people in here every Sunday, and they're not really learning who they are now that they are in Christ. It is our job to teach you who you are now that you're in Christ so you can go out and make disciples. It is not for the pastors and, you know, to go out and do what God has commissioned all of us to do, per se. So we have to go out and we have to make disciples. So Jesus was teaching them how to be a disciple in order to make a disciple. So they had to learn from Jesus. So as we look at the Beatitudes, we look at how Jesus was teaching them from Matthew 5 on up to Matthew, the seventh chapter. And then after then, um, I want to go to Mark, the sixth chapter. So we see what Jesus was doing. He was teaching them. And they were learning from him. Now, after Jesus taught them, now Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to let you go out on your own. And this is what I want you to do. The first thing that Jesus said, look um, for um, in Mark 6, beginning at verse 7. And Matthew 10, it says it a little differently, so I'm going to read both. Mark 6, verse 7. And he called the twelve. And by now, I want to tell you the twelve... Um, He had many followers, but he chose 12. And those 12 became apostles because Jesus prayed to the Father. And the Father let him know who to choose to be the apostles of the Lamb. And he called the 12 and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. Now in the book of Matthew 10.1 it said, And he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every sickness and disease. So Jesus gave them the power. He gave them the right to do these things. He said, now, I want you to go out. I'm giving you the authority. I'm giving you dunamis power. He, did, he gave them a right, 
but he gave them some power to do what he was sending them to do. So he said, I want you to cast out devils. Some of us don't even want to cast out anything. We don't even want to cast out what's going on in our own house. But he gave you that right and that power. Anything that's unclean, anything that does not represent the kingdom, God is good and everything that he created is good. Amen. And it was very good. So if there's something in your life or in somebody's life that's not right, where a person is um, going through, you know, with the devil or demonic or whatever it is, you got the right to cast it out. It don't have power over you. You have power over it. And he said, not only that, go out and heal. Heal the sick. Heal every disease. He said, don't leave nothing out there that's sick, sick. When you come upon it, I have given you power to heal it. Y'all think about it. You got that in you. When you come upon somebody that's sick, the spirit of the living God that's in you, if you have made a connection with him through renewing your mind, you're going to say, by Jesus Christ, you already healed. Be healed right now in Jesus' name. Rise up and walk. You're going to know what you have. You're going to know what was given to you. I don't know about you. If somebody gave you some money, you ain't going to let that money sit there. You're going to use that money. Is that right? You're going to use it because they gave it to you to use. Jesus have given us. God has given us all of these gifts on the inside of us through the power of the Holy Ghost. And these gifts will be stirred up as the spirit wills. And I don't think that the spirit would allow somebody to be close to you that's down and out to be sick if that power is within you. So he told them, this is what I want you to do. Then he gave them a command after he told them that. See, what Jesus was doing, he said, look, now I'm giving you the authority. I'm giving you the power, but I want you to do it my way. Understand this. It ain't your way. You got to do it the way he's instructing you to do it. He said, I charge you. I command you. He said he charged them to take nothing for their journey. He said, take nothing for your journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. So Jesus said, I don't want you to take nothing for your journey. Why? Because I'm sending you. You're representing me. You're representing the kingdom. How are they going to see me if they see you? How? How are they going to see God if they're seeing us? He said, I don't want you to carry nothing for your journey. See, people that are in the flesh is saying, that ain't going to work. This is a spiritual thing. It's not a fleshly thing. So wherever God send you and whatever he tell you to do, God already made provision for it. The only thing you need to do is trust him and not yourself. Whatever he tell you to do, just do it. This is what um, Mary told them about Jesus. Whatever he tell you to do, do it. And when they did it, they got results. God is not like man. Whatever God say, God is going to prove what he's saying. So he told them, he said, so take nothing for your journey, but to wear sandals and put and not put on two tonics. That means two coats. He said, just wear your sandals. And the reason why he didn't want them to put on two, he didn't want them to think that they were being arrogant. That they had, look what I got. I got two of these. 
So he was showing them how to trust him. He said, I want to show you how to trust me on your journey because you're my representatives. And if you're representing me, you are a citizen of the kingdom, meaning that I'm going to take care of my citizens who believe that God will take care of you. Not just saying you believe it, but do you rightly know that God will take care of you? Because if you know that he will take care of you, you're not trying to go ahead of him and make provisions on his behalf. You're not trying to work double time, triple time, overtime. You're not trying to do that to take away from the time with your family, the time with your church family, the time with um, rest. Sometimes God say rest. I want you to rest. I don't want you to go out and make all these hours to keep up with this money. Because when something happened and the money ain't there, then you're back in the dump again. I want to tell you something. You will never get ahead of God. I don't care how much money you make. Money take legs and run away. I don't know if y'all don't know it or not. When I was growing up, 10 cent meant something to me. You could buy something with bubble gum. Remember when bubble gum was a penny? Man, you got you five cents. You know you could go get you some bubble gum, right? You felt excited. And then when you got that dollar bill, man, you felt like you was rich. Let somebody give you a dollar today. I know you didn't. What, what, what's that? We become unappreciated. Because we want, if, if somebody gave you a thousand, you unappreciate it because you're looking at who you owe and you say, that still ain't enough. Even if you were a millionaire, it still wouldn't be enough. Why? Because your mindset is off. Because once you get through spending all of those millions, you're going back to the same place you were because your mindset is not right. You're looking at what the world has, but you're not looking to him. So this is why Jesus said, take nothing for your journey. I want you to trust me. So then we go a little bit further. And he said in verse 10, and he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So why would Jesus say, When you go to that house, stay there. Now, go back up where it says, take nothing for your journey. So what Jesus did, he prepared the hearts of those he needed to prepare to welcome you. He already prepared their hearts to give to you what need to be given. Isn't he so good? Go back to Elijah in 1 Kings, I believe it's 17, when... um, He told him to speak that there would be no rain according to the word of God, which was coming out of Elijah's mouth. And then God told him, Elijah, this is where I want you to go. Go by the brook and stay at that brook and the raven will feed you there. So see, God was giving him step by step. Come on, if Elijah did not trust God, he would not went by the brook. And who would go by a brook and wait on a bird? Who? I ain't a nasty bird bringing me nothing. He probably bring me a worm. I ain't eating no worm. But Elijah trusted God so much, he did what God said. He stayed by that brook. So see, God said, when you go into the house, stay into that house. He stayed where God wanted him to stay until God told him to move on. God don't want us to be vagabonds. 
He don't want us to be wandering from house to house trying to get provision. He said, I want you to stay where I told you to stay because you don't know what's in that house. I know what's in that house. It's more than enough in that house to take care of them and to take care of you. Don't you start going from house to house trying to get something. I didn't tell you to go from this house to that house. I want you to stay where I told you to go. So once Elijah stayed there, when the brook dried up, then he said, go to Zarephath. When you get to Zarephath, there will be a widow there that's going to sustain you. So he was listening to God on his journey. I believe the problem with the church is we don't listen. We get too anxious. We get too fearful when things happen in our lives. We don't want to be still. We don't want to be still before God. We don't want to be still and know that he's still who he say he is. We want to roam all over the place because we think we know more than God. But Elijah, he waited on instructions from God. He didn't move until God told him to move. So when he got there, guess what? He had to deal with that woman, that widow woman. She was willing to give him some water. But when it came to that bread, she said, wait a minute. Now, I done gave you water. He told me to sustain you, so I made up my mind, I'm going to give you a little bit of water. (laughs) But he told her, you know, she's going to make the bread. He said, you know what, do like you said, but bring me mine first. Because he represented God. He represented God. When she did exactly what he said, she had more than enough for her house. And that's what we got to understand. We're trying to do opposite of what God is saying and then saying, why God? Why ain't you doing what you said? Because that ain't what I told you to do. You doing what you want to do. You adding to what I told you to do. You don't need to add to my word. He said, just do what I say. So this is what Jesus was telling him. Them, don't go from house to house. And the house that you're in, if there's no peace in that house, shake the dust. Don't sit there and be begging. <laughs> just shake the dust. If they're not going to receive the word that I'm sending you with, Just leave that house and let my peace come back to you. But then after he told them to do that, so they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. Now, look, they didn't even go out until he was through telling them what he wanted them to do. We go out quickly with no instructions. With not even being taught. We go out thinking we know that we can save somebody. By the way, you can't save nobody. Jesus already done. Look how many I got saved. Jesus already saved them. The only thing you doing is giving them the good news, the gospel concerning the kingdom. And they got a right to make a choice. Either they want to enter in or not. It's not you that's saving them. Jesus done what he needed to do. And we're just representing him. So after they'd done all of that, then they went out and they began to preach. Preach means to proclaim. They began to talk about the kingdom of God, his way of doing things. And then it goes on in verse 13, and listen what they've done. They cast out many de- demons and anointed with all many who were sick and healed them. Were they not doing exactly what Jesus said? Now, after they did exactly what Jesus told them to do, here's um, Herod, a Herod, whatever his name is. Guess what? He said, there, um, let me read it. 
King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Now look at that. Other Bibles say his name had become known. Jesus' name had become known. If you're going out, your name shouldn't be known. It ain't about you. It's about what Jesus done through you. So we don't want to get it twisted. So they heard that Jesus' name was being made known. And he said, "Uh uh-oh, John the Baptist has been risen from the dead. See, they were coming up with all of this right here because these things were happening. Demons was being cast out. People were being healed, delivered, and set free. Now remember, they were looking at how Jesus done this before, right? But the disciples was doing it. They were taking instructions from Jesus. And so they were saying, oh, John the Baptist has risen from the dead. But this was coming through Jesus. So after all of this was said and done, with them thinking John the Baptist was raised from the dead, they talked about what happened to John. Then we're going to get over to Jesus feeding the 5,000 when you look at verse 30. And the reason why I'm going through this in detail, because now, remember, he said, cast out demons, heal the sick, you know, do things like that. But now Jesus said, I need to show you provision. He showed them about healing. He showed them about casting out devils. But now he said, I want to teach you now on provision. So now they had to be taught on provision. And this is what was being said. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. You hear this? That they had done and taught. So teaching had to occur. Teaching had to occur. People do not want to be taught. Some people don't want to sit down and be taught. They want to be hollered at. They don't want to learn. They want a quick fix. Just give it to me. Just give it to me. They want to feel good, right? So they told him all that was taught. And so this is what Jesus said. Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Jesus knew that they needed rest. He said, you've been out. You've been all over the place. Now it's time for you to rest. See, in ministry, he want us to rest. But there are times when you want to rest, but then other things pop up. And this is what was happening. When they were um, going to rest, these followers was looking for Jesus. See, when these signs and wonders and miracles are happening and you're going through different things, you're going to find the man who's carrying all of this stuff. You're going to look for him. So they were following um, Jesus. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. So the disciples had no time to eat. So they went into a desolate place, and I'm going to go down to verse 33. Now many saw them going and and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And look what he began to do. And he began to teach them many things. Sheep without a shepherd. They were wanderers. They were wandering all over the place. Look at sheep and how sheep may wander all over the place. And they wander all over the place. They're not protected. They don't have a God. They don't have nobody to feed them. So Jesus said he had compassion on them because they were wanderers. So he knew by them being wanderers, they could get hurt. They didn't have protection. So Jesus said, I got so much compassion. 
I'm going to sit here and teach them. So Jesus was teaching them the way he was teaching the other people. So he taught them. After Jesus got through teaching them, now check this. When you are being taught, demonstration is going to come through your teaching. The situation was they were wandering everywhere like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus said, I'm going to be that shepherd that's going to take care of these sheep that's in front of me. I'm going to be the one that take care of them and protect them. But let me teach them. And as he taught them, then the next thing that happened, and when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, so you know he had to be teaching for quite a long time, right? This is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Now look what they said. These are the learners and followers of Jesus, okay? These are the ones that Jesus sent out prior and told them to heal the sick, cast out devils. He told them to do this. But now here's a crowd of people that need food. The first thing those disciples said is, they were being nice, send them away. We are in a place where it's uninhabited. There's nothing here. They forgot who they were with. Now, wait a minute. They just got back off of a journey. They saw people healed because of what Jesus told them to do. Jesus. They saw all of this. So now Jesus is telling them, these people, he had compassion. He taught them the hour was long. Now, Jesus, the people, the disciples, the followers, send them away. It's late so they can go get them some food. Come on, they're talking to Jesus. They're talking to Jehovah Jireh. They're talking to a source right in front of them, and they forgot who he was. Don't we? So the next thing Jesus said to them, he answered and said, you give them something to eat. We go right back to 2 Kings, I believe it's the 4th or the 5th chapter, I'm not for sure, where this widow woman, husband died, he was a prophet. They came to the widow woman to take her sons because of the debt. But that widow woman began to speak to that prophet and told him, you knew my husband. But then Elijah said, what do you have in your house? We got something. But we get so much in the natural, we feel like it's not enough. Is that not true? Because we look at us and not looking at anybody else. Come on, y'all. We may have five pieces of pork chop. And we have two people in the house with five pieces of pork chop. And we're trying to lay it out, not for one day, but maybe two. So Teresa show up at the house and I got five pieces of pork chop and I know my husband eat two and I might eat two. So it's one left, so that might be lunch. You ain't getting it. So I ain't even going to ask the father. (laughs) Nothing. Because my heart ain't right. But Jesus said, what do you have? You give them something. Now Jesus is saying, you're learners of me. You're followers of me. I'm asking you a question. What do you have? They answered him. They say, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? 
They said, we can go buy some. And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. Now, y'all, check this out. If somebody come to your house for provision, why you send them to church? He said, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And that's what Elijah said to that widow. What do you have in your house? She said, jar of oil. So he took what she had. See, we got to understand we serve a miraculous God. We serve a supernatural God and we got to get out of the way so we can see a miracle. So this is what they did. Now, he's teaching them about provision, y'all. This is why I'm going step by step. As a disciple, a learner of Christ, you have to know these things. This stuff can't be left out because in life, we're going to have some ups and downs. We're going to have some times when it's not enough. So being who we are now that we're in Christ, we know we serve a God of more than enough. So he said, go and see. And when they had found out, they said five loaves and two fish. Now look what Jesus did. He said, okay, I can work with that. So what he did, he commanded them, sit down. You know what that means? Take your rest. We got enough. Come on. He said, then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. I don't know about you. I'd be like, go home. Go home now. Go home. It's getting late. And I know you're hungry and I'm hungry too. Go home. But he commanded them to sit down. All of them, y'all. Come on. With five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus is going to say, command them to sit. Huh? But they did what he said. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. Can you imagine all of those people? And taking the five loaves and the two fish. Now, I want to, this is what we're supposed to do. He took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves, gave them to the disciples to set before the people. The first thing that Jesus did, he took what they had. He lifted it up. He blessed it. Then he, he took what they had. He gave it to the father. Then he gave it to the disciples to give to others. The father was first. We have to put him first in everything that we do because our dependency is on him, not on us. Because God know what we need. He said, give us this day our daily he know what we need per day me and my husband was talking this morning in the book of exodus remember when he led him out of bondage and god told them what i want you to get per day i don't want you if you got a little house don't take over what you need for that house if you got a big house don't take over for what you need for that house i want you to do this on the sixth day i want you to gather twice as much but on the seventh day don't go out Do you know some of them people went out? Because they were greedy for gain. 
Well, I got to keep it going. I got to keep this thing built up now because I don't know what's going to happen. I might not have enough on this day, so I got to go get more. But he said, give us this day our daily bread. See, the problem is when the flesh is so used to getting something, the flesh got to have it. And when the flesh want it, even when we tell people we don't have it, when we want it, we make provisions to get it. Is that not right? We will tell people, I don't have it, but next thing you know is a person is going somewhere and spending money that they did not. And then when somebody walk in, now you're trying to explain where the money come from. You just guilty. Guilt just kicked. Well, you know, I happened to look and found it. Why are you telling me? Because you're guilty. Can you, can you give a dollar? Everybody give. Well, you know, I just don't have a dollar today. And going to McDonald's. Can I have a tea? I didn't have the dollar for you. That ain't compassion. That's not compassion, y'all. So Jesus gave to the Father then gave to the disciples. And then the disciples, this is what they did. And the disciples divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men besides the children and the women. Is that not a miracle? So what was Jesus showing them? He was showing them provision. provision. See, as a disciple, you have to know that God not only heals, not only delivers, but he provides. And if you will follow along in the Bible, follow Jesus' footsteps and see what he done and how he done it. See, if your heart is right before him and you just have little and you hold it up to him and say, God, this is all I have. But we got many in here that need to be fed. But I'm giving this to you, God, knowing that you're working a miracle even before it starts. And when you trust in God in that, God will take little and he'll make it much just like the widow with the oil. She had, um, he said, I want you to go get, um, what was it, jars or whatever from your neighbors. And I want you to ask them for it. And when she kept pouring in the oil and pouring in the oil, if she had more, it would have never stopped. But after she shut the door, that's when it stopped. When the sons came and, and gave her everything and she poured it. But the point was, she had enough to live off of and pay her. God is so good. When we hear God and do what God tell us to do outside of us, God don't bless us with more money just for us. God don't give us extra just for us. We have to say, God, who else is around me that I can help with what I have? I don't know about y'all, but my intentions, Lord knows my intentions when I may get something extra is, you know what? We'll eat this later. The date gone. Sometimes Jeremy and them come over there and say, Mima, 
Now, sometimes I don't get extra. I get one thing and tend to eat it and don't eat it. And then it's out of date. Y'all, I hurt so bad. I said, Lord, this ain't right. We got people out here that can't get this. And I am not even taking the time to eat one box and then going back because they say buy one, get one free. That can be selfishness. So if we gather up, we need to take the other box, put it in the pantry for those that don't have, build a pantry up. That's how you can give out food. Put it in there and say, we have this. If you need it, it's here. But it's getting a day and time you really don't know who need, not unless you ask the Holy Spirit, because people are taking from people and they already have it. So we have to hear God and know what to do and how to do it. So Jesus was teaching them, y'all, provision. He didn't teach them one time about provision. He taught them again. This was the 5,000 he fed. When you go over to, I believe, the, is it the ninth chapter? Not the ninth chapter. He fed another 4,000. Jesus is so good when he's doing what needs to be done, right? The 4,000 was in the eighth chapter. Now, here it is again, another crowd following Jesus. They knew he had something that they needed. Verse 2, I have compassion on the crowd, but they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from afar. Now, the disciples said again, now here we go again. Don't you know we're in a desolate place again? An uninhabited place again? And you telling us to feed these people again. Here go Jesus. They said, send them away. And then he said, how can one feed these people with, with bread here in this desolate place? And he said, how many loaves do you have? Look at this. Didn't he say this before with the 5,000? Now he's saying again with what? The 4,000. They said seven loaves. So he directed the crowd to sit down. Here you go again. Go on, sit down. And he took the seven loaves and having given thanks, he broke them, gave them to the disciples and set them before the people and they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish and having blessed them, he said that these also shall be set before them. And look at this. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over seven baskets full. Have you noticed in each one in the 5,000 and in the 4,000, it was fragments left? God is a God of more than enough. He said, I would do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can even ask or think. But this is the key. According to the power that works within you. You have the power of God in you that's at work, but you got to put the power to work by believing in what he said. Don't let God's power lay dormant. You got to take the word of God and say, God, this is what your word says. I have abundance and no lack. So this is what they did, but this is where I'm going. Remember, he was teaching what? Provision. He showed them two times with the 5,000 and what? The 4,000. Did he not? Now look what he did after he showed them all of this. And it says in verse 14. Now they had forgotten to bring bread and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them saying, watch out. 
Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Look at this. So they had one loaf with them, right? Jesus telling them to watch out. They wasn't hearing spiritually. They were hearing fleshly. So then he said, and they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, now listen at what Jesus said. Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Come on now. They were with Jesus with the 5,000, with the 4,000. Jesus said, why are you discussing no bread? Is that not what we do, church? We discuss after Jesus do a miracle in our lives with our money, pay off all our debt, Something else pop up. Then we discuss it. How in the world are we going to pay for that? Where are we going to get that money from? Let's just say guilty as charged. And I don't think there's a person in this place that ain't guilty. Because you always discussing how I'm going to do this. How am I going to do this? Maybe we can work on this job for this long. We can get this done, baby, to the house. Have you considered Jesus? So then they said, now listen at this. Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And what do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for 5,000, for 5, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? Come on, y'all, they were with Jesus. So Jesus was saying, the problem is your heart. Your hearts are more sensitive to the things of the world than the things of God. That's what a hardened heart is. It becomes callous. It becomes hardened. You knew what Jesus done then, but you don't think he can do it now. Because you've been focusing so much on the world and what the world do and how the world does it. You're not looking to him who's the author and finisher of your faith. You're looking to the world and you're saying, this is not going to work. But Jesus said, you don't remember? You don't understand what I did when you didn't have a job. You don't understand what I did when you didn't have what you needed to make it. You forgot that I'm God. See, that's why you got to spend time with God. So the Holy Spirit can remind you, can bring back to your remembrance what Jesus said through his word. But when your heart is so hardened and so callous. We tend to forget these things because I'm going to go somewhere I went yesterday. We have so many burdens. God was saying that we become pregnant with burdens. And we carry these burdens so long. And we hold on to them. We feel like this is what we're supposed to have. This is how this is supposed to be. Well, maybe I'm just one that's supposed to be in debt. Or maybe I'm just one that can't find a job. So we hold on to things and we get uh, settled with those things because flesh become comfortable and we don't realize we're carrying something we don't have to carry because Jesus carried it for us. And the only thing he wants us to do is commit our way unto him. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. Meaning that I'm going to roll it over to him. 
I'm going to give it to him, depend on him, trust in him. Because what in the world can I do with it? Nothing. Every which way I go, it's not working for me. If I go left, it ain't working. If I go right, it ain't working. Because I'm not looking straight ahead to Jesus, who is the author and finish up my faith. I'm trying to work it out. And through me trying to work it out, I got anxiety. My heart is palpitating. I'm going through fear. I'm going through panic because I'm looking at everybody else and I'm not getting nowhere y'all because I'm not trusting him I'm trusting in my own ability and it's done got so bad that the banks won't give it to me no more even though my credit score look good they say you ain't got enough money you got too much debt come on somebody now you getting to the point that you say God here you're throwing it you don't want it no more You know why you don't want it no more? Because all of your resources done ran out. So you don't have no choice but to be still and know truly that he is God. Yeah. All of us carry burdens. But he said, cast your burdens upon me and I will sustain you. But you got to give it to me. Burdens of finances, burdens of sickness, burdens of children, burdens of jobs. We all have some burdens, burdens. I, I talked about it yesterday. My hair ain't right. My nails ain't right. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm just not built right. I'm just not looking right. It becomes a burden and you're trying to fix that burden. And he said, give it to me. And when you give it to him and you go into the word, he said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are who I created. You are my child. I have chosen you. I have adopted you. I have accepted you in my beloved. I have forgiven you. So the more time you spend with him, you can give him that burden. And it's coming from a hardened heart. Because our heart becomes so hardened, we're thinking I'm strong enough to carry it. I'm strong enough to bear it. And sometimes what we do, we put it up under something. We don't want people to know what we're carrying. But God knows. That's what brings us fear. That's what brings us sicknesses. That's what brings us heart problems and anxiety, blood pressure. Because we ain't giving God our cares. We're not giving him those things. We're trying to carry all of it ourselves. And this is why we go right back to Jesus. Jesus said, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavily laden. Meaning the ones that are laboring on their own. The ones that have these labors, these burdens that they're carrying on their own. And the ones that that are heavily laden, these burdens that other people have put on them. Come on, both of you come. The ones that you're carrying, the ones that people put on you, come unto me. And I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy, but my burden is light. I'm getting to this scripture because when you link in the Old Testament, when they put two oxen together... They put an old ox together with a young ox and they had the yoke on them. That old oxen, what he did, he was teaching that younger one how to be a follower. You know, most of the load is going to be on me. 
but I want you to learn of me. That's what he was saying. I want you to learn from this old ox. You're a younger one. I want you to learn from him, but he's carrying the load. You're just learning from him. That's what a disciple does. But we don't let him carry the load. I got this. That's pride. I'm going to go try one more time to see if they're going to give me some money. Oh, Father in heaven. Let them give me this amount. They give me this amount. I believe I can make it. No, you can't. Because as soon as you get that amount, if your mind ain't right, if you ain't seeking things, setting your mind on things above and not on things of this earth, you are still going to be earthly minded instead of heavenly minded. So the more money you get is never going to be enough. But when you put your mind on him and saying, God, I'm giving you everything. I can't carry this, God. You're the one that takes care of me. You are my protector. You know it. And quit being sneaky, borrowing money from people not. uh Uh-oh. Well, what they know won't hurt them. It's paid, ain't it? Don't you know when you sneaky, you get found out? Come on now. I remember when I was doing our bills. This was way before I knew Jesus the way I know him now. It was so jacked up and messed up. They couldn't get no jacked up. They were tore up. Trying to do it all. So when I got to know Jesus, I said, you know what? Let me sit down with my husband and explain everything to him. We were making it now, but not the way we needed to be. So I wanted to be open with him and show him how I was doing things. And I was sitting there showing it to my husband. And he scratching his head. If you ever see him scratch his head, do not think it's because it's itching. It is because he want to say something that he don't want to say. And he's kind of confused about what you're saying. So he starts scratching. Well, Amanda, tell me what I said. Listen. We ain't going on the past, man. We ain't going on the past. We're here to fix it. He said, okay, okay. So I start going over every bill and everything, and he start doing this again. Well, I just need to know what. I said, listen, nah. You don't need to know nothing. Only thing you need to know is we're getting past this. It got so bad, y'all. I said, forget it. The Lord going to help me. He did. But my husband was right. My husband wanted to get to the root. Why does this look like this? And I did give him an explanation. Have you been eating? Yes. <laughs> Do you have clothes on your back? Yes. Did you go to some places you want to go? Yes. Okay. Did the bills get paid? Yes. Okay. But it ain't no money, is it? No. Okay. So we sitting down trying to figure out how we can get ahead. Okay. Okay. But the Lord showed me. He showed me. He showed me how to come out of the place that I was in. And I had to give up some things that I didn't want to give up. 
But I had to give him up because he said, oh, no, man, nothing but to love him. Quit promising them something you know you ain't going to give them. Oh, yeah, I pay you then, loans don't get cut. Oh, yeah, I do. That they come. You know what? I'm so sorry. Lying. Knowing I wasn't going to pay them people. And then I even used this. Can you get blood out of a turnip? What sense does that make when we made the debt and you owe somebody? Why get mad at people you owe? You, they trusted you enough to give you the money. So you should pay whom you owe. Not getting money to look good and know you can't pay it. See, I learned sense. I can't get it if I can't pay for it. But God got us through that. Y'all, he was teaching me how to be a disciple. So he said, okay, I said, I'm going to roll it all over. I'm going to roll it all. I rolled every bit of it. Didn't work extra hours. Didn't do none of that. And guess what God did? He got us out of the situation that we were in because I didn't quit giving to him. Even in the midst of having all the debt, I still put God first. Maybe I didn't get the clothes I wanted, the shoes I wanted, the things I wanted, but I had what I needed. See, we need to know a need from a want. Didn't never get my nails done because I knew that's a want. That ain't a need, so I can cut that bill out and I can roll that over somewhere else. See, God know what to do. He'll show you what to do and how to do it. So by us listening to God, God paid off two cars. That was over, I don't know how much a month. And he said, don't go get another one. Because I'm going to take you out this home and put you in another home. Because what you was paying on the cars, you can get a bigger home. There you go. That's how we did it. Duh. And people was looking at us like we were taking money from the church. No, I was following God's instructions to move on up. That's how you do it. You got to give up something to get something. You can't keep getting God give you wisdom. Some things you do not need because everybody else have. And then we had to work together, me and my husband. I couldn't let him carry all the load by himself and sit there just like I'm a beauty queen or, or waiting to win a pageant. No, we were helpers of one another. So we continued to help one another to do what was needed. First of all, for the kingdom. So I'm talking about a disciple. If we're going to be disciples, we need to truly be disciples so people can see what kingdom we are of. Because whatever is hidden, people, it's going to be revealed. And no, I didn't do nothing out the way with the money or try to hide money from my husband. No, I didn't. I was using a little that we had and try to spread it out. Y'all know how you try to spread out money and make arrangements and do all this and do all that to keep, keep afloat. That's what I was doing. I was not doing anything crooked trying to buy me stuff and not pay bills. No, that's not how I was raised. If I got, he got. So we have to work together in the kingdom. If you start out right, you're going to end out right, but you got to start out right with him. Do not do nothing to get ahead 
and try to keep that amount in your house. Because if anything happened to that amount, you didn't get ahead. You back in the same spot looking at the same thing. You will never get ahead in the world. Not unless it's with Jesus. Because something would always come to wipe it out. Y'all, I'm telling you, you living in this world, something always come to get your bank account. So if you don't use it rightly and trust God with what you have, something is going to come, and the majority of it sometimes is family and friends. You got to help somebody sometime. Amen? So let's remember that we need to be the disciples that God has called us to be and not converts. And whatever you have, roll it over on to him. And you know you can because you are learners and followers of him. You give it to him like he was giving it to the Father. Amen? Come on and give him a hand clap of praise. And we are going to continue the discipleship on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. So those who want to join um, the discipleship class, you can come here at 7 o'clock on. Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.